How y'all doing? I know it's been a little while, but what is up? It's Kelly, the host of Nostalgia, and now, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. It's definitely been a little bit, hasn't it? It's been a little while since I've done a podcast, and a lot of people were checking in on me, like mentally, which I love so much. You guys know that I'm very open about my mental health. I get really bad anxiety. I get depressed. I get all of those things, but honestly, the last few weeks, I've just kind of been like living. I know that sounds so lame, but you know, I got a new job and now I have paychecks again so I can go out with friends and I can have fun and like sometimes pick up the tab and that makes me feel so good. But they're really, I mean, I will say last weekend I wanted to bring back the podcast. I wanted to come back because a lot of people were like, we really miss you, which made me feel cool. Like it made me feel good about the podcast and where it's at and all of that. But I will say Sunday, I got a really tough phone call and I can't really get into it. Um, I've been told that sometimes I share too much on the podcast by different people in my life. So I will not tell you exactly what it was about, but it was something that felt like I was completely kicked in the chest. And instead of recording the podcast, because typically I would, right? Like there have been times where I've just pushed through whatever was going on and recorded the podcast because it does help take my mind off things. But instead of that, I went to dinner with a friend. And I actually cried in front of this friend. And all I can say is we love growth because she even told me, she's like, you are somebody who will tell me something traumatic just happened to you and then be upset about it for a little bit and then kind of be like, but we're good. We're good. I'm good now. Let's just, let's just have a good time. And I let myself be upset about this situation. And yeah, I mean, and with the new job, I am on my phone and the computer a lot. So when it comes to like Sunday, I really just detach from everything here and there. And by detach, I mean unplug. (laughs) I unplug from like everything. And here and there, I'll be on Instagram or whatever. But the thought of like sitting down, watching an episode of The Hills, and then recording and editing and doing all those things really just kept crossing my mind. I was like, I can't do that today. Like maybe I went too hard the day before. Maybe I'm tired. Maybe I want to go grocery shopping, whatever the case may be. But I will say I have missed it. I have missed you guys. Um... You know, I feel like the podcast fam definitely has a bond. We we got something a little, little special here. But I do want to say thank you for all the support over on Beyond the Blinds. Um, it's definitely taken off a lot more than I thought. And I was kind of nervous. I'm like, well, I hope people don't think that it's taking up too much of my time over there. Because it really isn't. I record with Troy for four to five hours every Wednesday night. It's kind of been our thing. Then the, Then Troy edits it. I don't edit the podcast at all. So Troy edits it, and then it's live Thursday. So I really just kind of have to show up with my notes and a white claw and get it done. But I have some news probably coming within the next few weeks about maybe a live show somewhere. I don't know, maybe. And I want I want you guys to come. Anyway, I'm sorry for kind of going MIA. I know I talked about it, and people were like, the way you're talking about it doesn't sound like the podcast is coming back. And I'm like, it is coming back. Um, Will it always be on a Tuesday? I don't know. Will some weeks it'll be on a Wednesday or a Thursday or a Friday? Maybe. You know, I just kind of want to like keep that part open, but I do want it to come back consistently, like at least every week, because I do miss talking to everybody. I do miss talking like Spencer Pratt. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, another thing I wanted to talk about is turning 30 has definitely kind of changed like a lot of things for me, which is, I don't know. I didn't expect it to. A lot of people are like, the second you turn 30, you stop giving a fuck about what everyone thinks you. I'm like, there is no chance. I am someone who thinks 
who's like worried that I've upset someone like four years ago. There's no chance in upsetting someone and what someone thinks of you, I think are two different things. Like obviously you can upset people, but we're not going to talk about that right now. We're talking about, you know, not giving a fuck basically. And yeah, I've kind of just been like living, L-I-V-I-N-G, just living. Um, I've been going out more. I've been meeting more people. I've gone to gay bars in Nashville, which I kind of tried to stay away from before. Not that they're not a blast. I just wasn't super comfortable with who I was as a person and my sexuality, as my looks or anything. Um, And I'm using this term. I understand we do not like the term slut or hoe or whore anymore. Okay. I understand that. But I do feel like a lot of people go through something that we call a hoe phase. At least my friends and I do. So I'm sorry if that offends you. It's a term that my friends and I use. And I feel like right now, maybe I'm going through a little bit of a hoe phase, which is fine. Guys, I tell you a lot about my life and I'm about to tell you something. I hooked up with someone who I've known for quite some time. And for the first time ever in my life, I woke up the next day and I was like, oh, I don't have feelings for this person. Like I still care about them as a person, but not that way. And that was always my biggest worry when it came to like one night stands or whatever, you know, just hooking up in general, friends with benefits. I was always so afraid I was going to catch feelings and get my heart broken that I kind of stayed away from it. And then I tried it. And honestly, like my feelings aren't hurt. (laughs) Me and this person are still in each other's lives and we're still friends and we still hang out and it's not weird and it's fantastic. Um... So yeah, I guess I guess during my little hiatus, I've been a, I've been in my hoe phase, which we love, right? We love that for me. Um, I'm trying to think like what else. The new job, of course, I've posted about it. America's Funniest Home Videos. I'm running their TikTok, their Twitter, and their Instagram. So give those a follow if you want. Make sure to interact with them. The, I will say, like running something like that is a little bit more stressful than I expected. And then I don't know if it's because of my past experiences with jobs. I don't know if it's because at that insurance company, how that ended and how horrible it was for me. And then, of course, getting laid off after getting the agency job. (laughs) The last few months have been tough. And I was thinking about it. I think 2021 was harder than 2020 for me. There were a lot of things that happened early, early this year And where I've come from, how I was feeling in February compared to how I feel now is so different. Like, yeah, there are still those moments where I'm like, oh, like, oh, I feel like a little bit like shit today for no reason. But I just have to say, guys, I'm proud of us. I am very proud of us for for getting through 2020. 2021 hasn't been much easier. And I almost feel like it was more frustrating than anything. Yeah. I do feel like 2021 has been a lot harder for me than 2020, which is crazy to think. I'm trying to think what else is coming up. I have a wedding at the end of the month, which I'm really excited about. I'll be at my friend's wedding. They're the ones who came down for the bachelorette party. And Kelly wasn't the most well-behaved person at the bachelorette party. I know that's probably crazy to think about, but I definitely, there was a moment where I kind of turned into a monster. And luckily, these people I've been friends with for a really long time, they forgave me. So, uh, so yeah, no, no one's mad at me anymore, but they were definitely mad at me in the moment. We also got a stripper off Craigslist, which was a lot of fun, or exotic dancer, I should say. We had a blast with Mr. Jackson. I hope he's doing well wherever he is. And yeah, that's, that's what's going on with me. I do feel like on like Instagram stories and stuff, I touch on it. I touch what's going on in my life a bit, but I don't really 
get into it that much just because not everybody gets me. Not everybody has listened to the podcast. And I feel like people who've listened to the podcast are like, all right, if Kelly says she's going through a hoe phase, we're going to support her. Whereas if I said that on my story, I'd probably get some backlash for using the term hoe phrase. But you guys, I hope you're in your car like rooting me on. You're like, yeah, get it. Or at the gym or cooking dinner or whatever you're doing right now. Just know when I use that term, it's a good thing. Um, But yeah, I do feel like this summer, I've really just let loose and had fun. Maybe too much fun at times. But overall, overall, I'm feeling really good. Other than the call that I got last week, um, things have been positive. And I think that's a really good thing. And I will be doing the podcast more consistently. And I know I said that last podcast and I was like, fuck you for a month. Peace out. I can't do it. But no, the podcast will be coming back. Will it be every Tuesday? I don't know. Will it be every Wednesday? I don't know. But I am going to try and get it out weekly. I do want to reach out to more guests. Um, I'm trying to work with somebody who can help me get more guests on the podcast. Because I don't know if you guys, I'm sure I've told you, but I'll just email people. Like, almost like cold call them. Just end up in their email box and be like, hey, do you want to come on this podcast? And this is why you should. And it has worked. You know, we've had some great, great people on the podcast. And I want to get more great, great people. Because that is one of my favorite things is to like have someone to banter with. And I think that's why it's so good with Troy. But without further ado, thank you guys for hanging out this week. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. We love you. Thanks for joining. And before I get into all of the good stuff with the Hills, pop culture, I need to talk about something that happened over the weekend. And that's me seeing Dashboard Confessional, Chris Caraba. When I tell you I could not speak when I met him, I 100% mean that. So I'm sure if you have followed me long enough, you know how much I love Dashboard Confessional. I can remember going into Hot Topic, which my mom did not like, in fifth grade to buy a Dashboard Confessional shirt. And my mom was like, does this mean car sex? I'm like, I don't know, mom. I don't know what Dashboard Confessional means. I'm 10 years old. Can I get the shirt or not? And she's like, you can get the shirt. (laughs) But basically, he put on his story that he was going to be doing a porch show at his friend's house at 3.30, be there. And when I showed up, I didn't expect it to be what it was. So it's in this community called West Haven. And I've gotten a few people who actually live in that community. They DM me and they're like, no, we're not Stepfordy. I promise. Like there were a lot of cool people, which I believe. I'm sure that there are super cool people who live in this community. But in this community, there is a community bar. There is a Kroger, which if you're not, if you're not familiar with Kroger, it is a grocery store. There is a lake where Walker Hayes was going to be performing. I'm sure he's going to sing Applebee's on a date night on repeat. There were other things. I saw a vet office, like for grooming, veterinary services. Um, Then everybody rides around on golf carts. It was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen my whole life. But then I know that there's a place in Plymouth, Massachusetts called like Pine Pine Hills or something, something like that. And they have the same thing. They have their own restaurants. And I don't think they have their own uh, grocery store. But yeah, it was such an awesome, weird place. And they had a really cool looking bar. I didn't go in. I wanted to, but they know I'm not part of the community. So you know what? But it was a part of this thing in the community called Porch Fest. And Porch Fest is free for anybody to go to. There are a bunch of different artists playing on different porches. The only one I knew was Chris Caraba. But it was almost like trick-or-treating, it reminded me of. Because people would roll up to each house in their golf carts or walk or whatever the case may be just to watch a show, then go up the street and people were drinking, having a good time. 
I was like, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I mean, I don't know any of my neighbors. I know one of my neighbors. Him and I walked to the bar across the street and sat next to each other, and his name is Emerson. He's a great guy, very nice. I've only seen him that one time, but I'm sure he's doing great. Anyway, I was just like, am I just unfriendly? Because this does not seem like something I would enjoy. It doesn't seem like I would like living in a community like that where like everybody knows your business. But my friend Alyssa and I, we were talking. We were like, we need a Real Housewives of West Haven. That's what we need. Fuck, fuck Nashville. We need a Franklin Real Housewives because Franklin's where like Kristen lives, Jana Kramer lives. Um, I know like Carrie Underwood lives out there. A lot of the famous people, Miley Cyrus, most famous people live in like Brentwood or Franklin. A few live in Nashville. Um, they live over in like East Nashville. And then there's another area called Green Hills. I know like Casey Musgraves, Kelsey Ballerini live in the Green Hills area. Jesse James Decker, just to name a few. Um, and no, I don't like show up at their homes. I'm just, I'm just rambling. Anyway, back to Dashboard Confessional. I show up and nobody's there. And I was kind of like, what the, like, what is going on? Where am I? Am I in the twilight zone? And then a few other like older guys show up and they're all like tatted. And by older, I mean, they're probably like 38, 39, not, not old by any means. But they were like, yeah, we were big dashboard fans back in the day. And I was like, hell yeah. And then my friend Alyssa and her boyfriend showed up. So we're like right against the porch. And we wait about a half hour, about like 50 people show up. Like the whole community shows up and Chris comes out and starts singing and he was so good. He did such a good job. And Dashboard Confessional really did, like, mean so much to me growing up. So I had, like, tears in my eyes. And as he finished up, he's like, I'm going to go in, get some water, and then, uh, and then I'm going to come back out and meet everybody. And I was like, you're going to do what? I looked at my friend Alyssa. I go, I'm going to fucking throw up. <laughs> Just like that. I was like, Alyssa, I'm going to vomit. So he comes down the steps, and I'm the first person in line, basically, to meet him. And I shake his hand and I was like, this is so cool because the first time I ever saw you live, it was in like 2006 and it was raining in Faneuil Hall and I thought it was so cool and now it's raining now and I'm seeing you now. And he was like, yeah, that's really cool. And I was like, can we just get a picture? <laughs> I couldn't even think. I was just like, I just need a picture with you and then I need to walk away so I can like take it all in. So basically we take our selfie um, and then I looked at him. I'm like, your music's so great. I love it. I've loved it for so long. Thank you for those lyrics. And he was like, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I hope I see you at the Ryman on... Uh, on November 5th. So it looks like on November 5th, I might be going to see Dashboard Confessional at the Rhyming because tickets are still pretty cheap. And I love me some Dashboard Confessional. I'd love to see him sing more songs. Um, but overall, it was incredible. And Chris Caraba is a very nice man. But a lot of people had questions. They were like, is that his home? No, he made it clear it was not his house. It's his friend's house who lives in the community. And he was like, thank you guys for, you know, accepting me, even though I don't live in the community. And in my head, I'm like, red flag. I need to know everything about this community. And again, a few people did DM me. One person said it was like as bad as I thought it was. Another person was like, it's not that bad. You know, there are a lot of things to do. And I'm like, well, I don't think I'll ever be able to afford to live in West Haven, Franklin, Tennessee. So I'm not that worried about it. But I do want to know everything that's happening there, right? Like, you know, it's like some desperate housewives, step for wives type shit. Um, but no, 10 out of 10. I know that Dashboard Confessional did cancel their tour. So a lot of people were in my DMs being like, I was supposed to see him in Boston tonight and he fucking canceled his tour. And I'm like, I don't know why you're mad at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> All I saw on social media. It's funny because I was going to drive to Bowling Green, Kentucky. I've never been to Kentucky. I'm like, it's an hour away. Might as well just make a little day trip, go to Mellow Mushroom or something, get some lunch and drive back. Just to say I've gone to another state because I haven't traveled that much. 
And I was almost halfway there, probably a little less than halfway there. And my friend's like, um, turn around, come to Franklin. You need to see Dashboard Confessional. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. So, so I wanted to share that little story because a lot of people had a lot of questions about why he was performing on a porch and like what he was doing exactly. <laughs> so you guys know I love the challenge and I do want to recommend a challenge podcast. It is the Rotten Bananas podcast. They do a lot for the challenge community. They recently helped raise money for Tony Raines, who's on a few seasons of the challenge and of course Real World. They raised money for his home was destroyed in the, um, the hurricane that went through Louisiana uh, last month, I believe. And then once they hit that goal, he decided to have another like trivia night type of, they gave all the money to Hands On New Orleans, which is who Tony raised money for when he did Champs First Stars. And just to be clear, um, Rotten Bananas, the, uh, Allie Evans, she is the one who put together the GoFundMe. I know Tony was like, so Tony didn't know he was surprised by it. And, but obviously approved it. Just want to throw that out there. Anyway, back to the challenge. So let's talk a little bit about the challenge this season. I, you guys know how much I love the challenge, right? Like I have been watching it since probably fifth or sixth grade at this point, but I am not into it this season. It's really bothering me that also spoiler alerts will be said in this segment. If you're not caught up with the challenge, skip this unless you don't mind spoilers. I'm not gonna say who wins or anything like that. I'm just gonna talk about like episodes up until now. The format is really, really frustrating to me. I, I wish that they would bring back when everyone did the competitions and like the last person would, or the person who came in last would go in no matter what. And then they would vote for the people to go in against the person who went last. That's the format I think works best, honestly. But I do get that having to nominate two teams brings a lot more drama, which I'm sure that's something that they're looking for. But to me, it's almost like the challenge has become too complicated. The challenge does not need to be some crazy Mission Impossible type of show. It really doesn't. Let me tell you what the challenge needs. It needs good people on the show that makes you want to watch. It needs a trivia challenge. It needs eating challenges. And it needs like physical challenges. That's my opinion. Um, you may not agree with me and that's totally fine. Obviously puzzles as well, because puzzles are a big game changer. I think when it comes to the challenge, eating and puzzles, if you can't eat, you are not gonna win the challenge. If you can't finish a puzzle, you are not gonna win the challenge. Unless you're like partnered with someone who will eat everything or will do an entire puzzle for you. But this season, I did try and go into it where it's like, okay, it's just like fresh meat. Like there are just like a lot of new people. There are too many fucking new people. Let me say that. And I get that rookies always get picked off first, but I really hated it this season. I hated all the veterans being like, you're a rookie, you're going in. And the rookies just kind of being like, yeah, that makes sense. And I get it. The rookies don't have much pull or social game or power or anything like that. But it was getting on my nerves that the vets just keep being like, well, you're a rookie, got to earn your stripes. Nobody has said that. I think only Jordan and like bananas and probably fucking Tori say that. And honestly, I think Tori is one of the more overrated girls on the season or on the show in general, honestly. I mean, I think even Nani plays a better game than Tori. And people are like, well, Tori's a physical beast. If I was to like, so the format is if you win the elimination, you can infiltrate a team or whatever. You know, there's like seven different things you can fucking do. See, too complicated. We don't need that. But all the guys have been gunning for Tori. But I would go for Nani. Nani has a really good political game. There is no way 
that, or there's not a huge chance that she will be thrown in until the very end. And then I also think Casey is a great competitor. And then I know a lot of people don't like her, but Ashley Mitchell. Ashley Mitchell is a fucking beast at the challenge. I know that she hasn't won in a few seasons, but she's good at puzzles. She has decent endurance. She may not be the strongest girl, but she is crazy. So she will work through it. You know what I mean? Like if you piss her off, she will win the next challenge and put you in. So I feel like them, just like all the rookies just keep going to Tori. I'm like, that is bananas. Because even her social game, I don't think is as great as people say it is. Um, but this season, there's just too much going on. There are too many new people. And I do have to say, so far, I think the MVP of this season is Huey. He was in Ireland, big brother, I believe. He came over from Ireland and he was great. He was really funny. I really liked him. He reminded me of Ashley Mitchell, actually, which is probably why I liked him. I also really like Amber B. I know a lot of people are like, she's shady. She's no one. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like she, everyone on this game is shady. You know what I mean? You just have to pick the person who's like the least shady and try and work with them. Um, I also obviously CT's on it. I, I love CT. I love Nani. I love the people who've been there for a long time other than Tori. Tori is probably one of my least favorite competitors overall, like over the, the game. And I really liked her her first season, but now I'm just like, ugh. Um, Fessy, of course, was thrown out of the game for a face push. And then to me, I'm like, then why not last season when Josh shoved Devin ready to fight him? Why wasn't Josh kicked off? Why is Josh still on the fucking challenge is my question. I cannot stand Josh. I know people like him because he makes drama and good TV, but I'm just like, baby boy, I'm tired. I am tired of seeing you on my screen looking like handsome Squidward. Um, other than that, though, Priscilla just made a really big move in the game, so there's no more rookie rookie teams. And I think that's really smart. I give Priscilla a lot of credit. Unfortunately, she's probably going to be targeted because of that. But we'll see what happens with her. And yeah, I'm ready for the game to get moving. I feel like there are way too many people this season. And for me, watching it does get boring when it's just rookie versus rookie versus rookie versus rookie. It's like, okay, I get it. You guys are vets. But like, come on. Come on. At this point, like, come on. And I get you want to say they're the longest and, and all these other things. But, but it is a little annoying when they're just like, well, you're a vet. You're good. No. Let's, let's mess it up a little bit. Let's get messy, okay? That's what I'm hoping. And I'm sure next week the challenge will be messy again. And that is all I can ask for. All right, guys. So next week the Hills are going to come back. The Hills recaps will be back next week. <clears throat> but I wanted to do one more purely pop culture episode before I get back into the swing of the Hills. I already watched the episode. It was a good episode. I just, I want to talk about pop culture stuff this week. Next week, Hills will be back. I don't know why I just repeated that. Like someone like at a school announcement being like, and tomorrow is picture day. Picture day is tomorrow. Please remember your picture day slips because picture day is tomorrow. <laughs> but we obviously have to talk about Britney Spears. We have to talk about the fact that she will likely be out of her conservatorship by the end of the year. I think for sure by the end of the year. I want to say by, no by November. And Jamie wanted out almost immediately, but Britney's lawyer said no. He needs to, like, we need to look into him more. He can't just quit this, what he's been doing, and then be like, oh, but I'm good, but I'm good. No. They have to investigate Jamie Spears. So I have watched both of the documentaries, the Netflix and the second part of the New York Times. That's on Hulu now. 
And originally, I was like, I don't know if I want to really watch it, just because I don't think anything goes to Britney, right? Like, again, it's the media exploiting Britney, as they've done her whole life, but I did end up watching them both. And a lot of things came out about the way that this has been handled. I will say the New York Times one was way better than the Netflix one, and that's the one on Hulu. I believe it's on YouTube as well, if you are listening from a different country and don't have Hulu. I think it's on Netflix, I mean, on YouTube as well. But basically, it was said that they had microphones all over Britney's home. They had them in her bedroom. They had them in her gym that she had. They had cameras, hidden cameras. And and that's just like, I mean, obviously, this whole thing has been fucking bananas and horrible in the worst, maybe not, you know what I mean. Like, it's been horrible. But um, there was a blind saying that Britney actually tried to burn down her house, burn down her gym because she found out about the hidden microphones and hidden cameras. That hasn't been confirmed, obviously. That's a blind from Crazy Days and Nights. So I found that really interesting. And I'm like, well, that would make sense. And I also want to tell you guys, Britney is still not running her own Instagram. It is still being ran by Cassie in Clear Ch- Clearwater or Clear Channel Media, whatever it's called. That is who is running her Instagram. I know that she will send things to them to post, but at the end of the day, it's what they want to post. It's what they're going to post. Even one of their most recent posts, Britney's not wearing her ring. It's a, it's from like June where she took pictures with Sam back in June. And a lot of people ask me about Sam. Now, this is how I feel about it. I feel like Britney is probably aware that for Sam, being with her helps his career. There's no doubt about that. But I also think Sam has been there through some of the worst years of her life. And he has been someone who's been there just to listen and and try and help her and be there with her. And if he didn't really love her, I mean, he wouldn't have to post free Britney stuff. He wouldn't. But then people are like, well, he's obviously doing it. So the fans, I get it. I get it. I know that there's two sides to everything. But I also think that Britney has proven that she has no issue telling people, telling the courts about the people who have hurt her in her life. She has no issue being like, my dad, my family, everyone involved in this conservatorship deserves to be in jail. I have to give Britney credit. I think if Britney didn't feel like Sam was the one, he wouldn't be in the picture anymore. Or he would be someone who she says bad things about. But it seems like he's really good for her. And that's what I want to hope. That's what I want to say about Sam. You know, I think that people don't trust him, which which can be understood because he's been there through so many things. But I think we need to trust Britney's judgment when it comes to their relationship. Really that simple. But yeah, by the end of the year, Britney should be out of her conservatorship. And there are people who are like, you know, she should just do a comeback tour and be like, fuck you, dad, this is my money. No, I really hope Britney never performs again, um, unless she wants to, of course. But I really feel like Britney wants to live a different life. She wants to move away from Hollywood. She wants to have another child or maybe even two. She wants to be a wife. She wants to be with her sons again. I feel like people don't realize that she hasn't been able to fully be there for her sons for a long time. And of course her sons, um, I'm not sure which son, went on Instagram live and was like, my mom's great. My My grandpa is a piece of shit. I love my dad. But she's missed so many years of them growing up. And I I know you can't get those years back, but I can only imagine how ecstatic she is that she can, in fact, be a mom to her sons again. 
So overall, everything with Brittany, I'm, I think it's all heading in the right direction. I just want you guys to remember when you're looking at her social media and you're like, this still seems weird. It's because it's not her running it. It's still not her. She still does not have control over her Instagram. I mean, even when Sam went live on his Instagram, she was like, you can go live on Instagram. Like, it's like she's never even heard of it. It's like it was like an alien, you know, ab not abduction. It was like Kate, Katie in Mean Girls when she's like, who's Ashton Kutcher? Who's Spice Girls? That's how Britney was about Instagram. And again, I think when it comes to Sam, there have definitely been moments where you're kind of like, oh, like you were pictured shopping for rings. You probably set that up. Like, we don't love that. I know there is an Instagram guy called, his name's Jared. It's His handle's at Jared Lips. And he's great. He covers a lot of Britney's stuff. Um, but he met Sam. Do you hear that? My cats are fighting. But he met Sam and he said that Sam just was like, um, oh, if you want it, my magazine, like it's in the trunk, it's signed, you can have one. And Jared went into his like Jeep and took out magazines and Again, I'm kind of like, why are you driving around with signed magazines? But again, I think Britney is aware that being with her helps Sam's career. But I also think Sam is in it for the right reasons. And that's, that's my take on Britney and Sam and the Free Britney movement. You know, it's absolutely insane that fans were able to do this. And I think it's really incredible. Um, I've been tagged in a few Amanda Bynes things because Amanda Bynes is in a conservatorship. I'm not going to speak on that because I don't know anything about it. I heard it's a different kind of conservatorship that is not as controlling as Britney's was. But again, I, I'm completely ignorant to, to what hers has in it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some research on that. And then I'll come back about Amanda Bynes. Does that work? Is that fair? I think that's a fair trade. Because again, I don't want to just like talk out of my ass like I do half the time. So one of my favorite pop culture moments that has happened within the last few weeks is that Eminem opened a restaurant in Detroit, Michigan called Mom's Spaghetti. Now, when I saw this on Twitter, I thought it was a joke. I thought somebody photoshopped, like this, I thought somebody photoshopped the sign. I thought someone photoshopped <laughs> Eminem in the window. I didn't know what was going on. But Eminem showed up to his new restaurant in Detroit called Mom's Spaghetti and handed out spaghetti to fans. Now, apparently, it's just like a small little restaurant, not a sit-down place, and you kind of grab and go. But I saw someone on TikTok, they went there, and they said it's good for like three bites, and then you want to throw it away. I mean, in his song, guys, in his song, he said his mom's spaghetti made him throw up. So I don't know why we are trying to trust this man with any kind of spaghetti, especially if it's his mother's spaghetti. We know how that's going to end, and it ain't going to end well. It's going to end up all over your sweatshirt. I don't know. I thought it was hysterical. It actually made me laugh a lot seeing mom's spaghetti um, in Eminem, like in the window, serving it to people. And I have to say, Eminem looks exactly like Mariah Carey did in her Obsessed video, music video. And a few people were like, well, what, what's the comparison? I'm sorry. Do you not know about one of the biggest musical feuds that I can remember growing up? Mariah versus Eminem. And also Eminem, like, his biggest feuds, I feel like, other than MGK, which I don't really count that as a feud. They're on the same label. I think why they did it was just publicity, and MGK kind of got the, the shit end of the stick. But I think it worked on both ends for the both of them. But when it comes to Eminem, he likes to have feuds with women. Mariah Carey and Christina Aguilera. Those are Eminem's biggest feuds. Now, I know that he had a feud with, like, Benzino and Ja Rule, and I don't really, like, count those. I don't. But the Mariah Carey and Eminem feud, allegedly they hooked up. They quote unquote dated for some time. 
And he kept like making digs at her in the media. They started making digs at each other. And she came out with a song, Obsessed. Why are you so obsessed with me? You know that song. And then Eminem, Eminem came back with a warning disc called The Warning, a diss track, because Eminem is a great diss writer. He, I don't really love his new raps or anything like that, but he can come at people. He's very smart with his words. But I think Nick Cannon came at Eminem, and Eminem was just like, I'm not going to fight both Nick Cannon and Mariah. But yeah, the Mariah and Aaron Carter, Jesus. Hopefully he's not talking about the Beyond the Blinds episode that we did about him. But um, Mariah and Eminem, one of the most iconic feuds in music history, if you ask me. I'll do more of a deep dive on that. I'll make a note to do a deep dive on Eminem and Mariah. Just because it is so interesting. It is so interesting about their their dynamic. Now, Jay and Jana, apparently they're, they're, they have fizzled out. And I don't listen to Jana's podcast, but she allegedly said she had no idea that a picture of the two of them would end up in People magazine. Come on. Come on. It was like a People exclusive. Come on. And if there's a People exclusive about a couple, it is set up by PR. That is how you know. If it's, if it's like a photo taken by Backgrid, there's a good chance that the celebrity was aware that the photo was being taken. Backgrid worked very hand-in-hand with the Kardashians and still probably does. And even if you look at like uh, Taylor Swift candidates, a lot of them are taken by Backgrid just because Backgrid is kind of like the trusted paparazzi company, I guess. So if it's something taken by Backgrid where they're like looking directly at the camera, it makes you wonder, right? It makes you you wonder a little bit. And then um, if it's people exclusive, People Magazine, celebrities go there to look good. So obviously the two of them knew exactly what was happening. They both wanted their name in the press. And what people can say about Jay, so many people are like, well, he never wanted to be famous. I'm like, that is, where did you get that from? I think once Jay got a little taste of very cavalry fame and realized that he could actually be a likable human, that people could actually like him, because when he was in the NFL, people did not like him. But I think he realized like, hey, I could, I could get my name out there too. And I know he has this podcast uncut out. I have not listened to any of it. I know this last week he got in some trouble with some things that he said about Barack Obama. It was something to the effect of he was raised by a white mom. And it was him and somebody else. Like, it wasn't just Jay saying this. But he was raised by a white mom and a white um, grandmother, but he checked black. And there was an off, there was a, um, there was some kind of rude exchange and rude joke where Jay's like, well, his dad wasn't around. Obviously, he's going to choose being African-American. I was kind of like, hmm. Maybe you shouldn't say that, but I think he's trying to go the Joe Rogan route, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but Jay did unfollow Jana. Jana still follows Jay. Jana, 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 Jana. That's all I can say about fucking Jana. Jana Kramer drives me nuts. You guys know that. And there was a point where I did want to like her. I really, when like Mike cheated on her the first time, I was like, you know what, Jana? You share your story. You tell people what's going on. And now I'm just like, Jana. And now I'm just like, Jana, drink a water because you are parched, girly. As you guys saw, Taylor Swift is releasing Red earlier, a week earlier than planned. And in my head, I was like, that's because Adele's coming. And it turns out I was right. Adele's album, 30, will be coming out on the 19th. And Taylor did not want to compete against her. Um, Taylor wants that number one with all of her re-releases. And someone was like, do you really think Adele would keep Taylor out of the number one spot? Yes, absolutely. Swifties ride hard, but like... I don't know if Taylor's as beloved as Adele is. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say that in the music industry and like people wanting to listen to her albums and listen to her music and also Adele. It's like every four or five years she releases a new album. And this is going to be a breakup divorce album. And I am fucking excited to hear it. I love Adele's music. I love her voice. I think she's really funny. And something about me is I love sad music. I love breakup albums. Like I said, I think last last podcast, I'm not sure. But Casey Musgraves, I didn't really care for her Golden Hour album. But her recent album, I'm like, yes, I love sad girl songs. I can't help it. I'm sorry. It's hard for me to like a happy song. (laughs) But yes, new Adele is coming. Taylor is going to be releasing Red a week early to get that number one spot. And I'm curious if her re-releases are going to be nominated for Grammys. I know you can do that. I'm pretty sure Elton John and Prince have won Grammys for re-releases. And I know Album of the Year for Red was something that she kind of expected to get, but didn't get. So I'm like, is she going to put that one up for for a Grammy or is it going to be Evermore? I guess we'll, we'll have to see. We have to see how the, the Grammys want to play it, but I'm excited for 10 Minute All Too Well. I, sh- I know you're excited too, <laughs> but I'm excited for new Adele as well. Now, it's been a while since I have had a Demi Lovato corner, but I feel like it is absolutely necessary at this moment. Demi Lovato, they came out with a new show on either Peacock or Pluto TV about aliens. Now, Demi, this is an interesting choice. I'm kind of curious, Scooter Braun, what the fuck are you doing managing Demi and letting them do something like this? I know Demi's last album didn't do great. I think it did go number one, but sales weren't what they expected them to be. So apparently, if that happens, it's time to shift to the paranormal world. And they recently went on Kelly Clarkson where Demi talked about how she was abducted by aliens, three aliens, and they kind of told her some stuff and how how she saw the the world. And I was kind of like, Demi, this isn't isn't good. I don't feel good about this. Um, Also, I don't know if Demi and friends were trying to connect with ghosts or aliens because what they were using is the same stuff they use on Ghost Adventures with Zach Bagans. But I believe Demi wanted to be in contact with aliens rather than ghosts. I don't really, you know, I'm not really sure of exactly, like, (laughs) what's going on with her. I'm not really sure what's going on with them. But in this clip, I highly recommend you look it up. I'm sure you can find it. It's probably Demi singing to aliens. You could probably do that on YouTube. And Demi is asking the ghost. They're like, do you want me to be alone? Are the, the guys with me scaring you? And the alien did some, like, beep, beep, beep. And she in Demi's like, yeah, that means that means they're nervous. Leave the room. So out of nowhere, Demi was like, do you want me to sing for you? And the little magic box is like, beep, 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 beep. So Demi goes, okay, I'm going to sing for you. And then starts belting out Skyscraper. And Demi has one of the most insane voices ever. And I don't care what anybody says. Like Demi's voice is fucking great. It's so, so good. She just doesn't have the best songwriters or songs. <laughs> You know, I feel like their career has not become what it should have. And I almost feel like it's because Demi's not the most likable person on the planet. It's very much a Christina Aguilera comparison, in my opinion. But Demi's like scream singing, skyscraper, and then the clip ends. And I was like, I want to watch this show, but I also am never going to watch this show. I guess we'll see, though. Maybe I'll watch an episode just to talk about it on the podcast. I need to figure out what streaming station it's on. But I guess I have to watch... 
Demi talk about being abducted and then sing Skyscraper to her alien buddies because that's just, that's just how it goes. So while I was recording the podcast, um, Adele announced that October 15th is her big comeback. Can't wait for that song to drop. It's going to be a good one. You already know it. Christina Aguilera is also coming out with her second Spanish album. So we love that for Christina. And also kind of, kind of a big news story. I don't know. Rob Kardashian was spotted. I feel like Rob Kardashian doesn't get spotted often, but Crit, but Kim posted a photo of him, and he looks great. He looks healthy. Um, you know, obviously there was some stuff that he's done that is not fucking cool. Revenge porn on Black China on Instagram, and that's why he's not allowed to have an Instagram. There have been other things. Um, when he dated Rita Ora, he was like, "She's a whore. She cheated on me four hundred times," and he kind of went off. And it doesn't seem like he respects women as much as he should as a man. So hopefully, you know, he's learned his lesson. He's kicked off Instagram. He's looking healthy. So all we can do is hope that, you know, there has been growth there. But when I saw the picture with him, I was like, oh my God. And also Chloe, Chloe Kardashian actually makes me sad because I've talked about this lyric before when it's like, turn the lights off, turn a Chloe into a Kim, something like that. Can't Chloe's also Chloe's also been the quote-unquote ugly one when I have not thought she's ugly at all. I've always thought Chloe was beautiful. Um, but unfortunately, she just looks so much different now all the time. You know, I almost, th- there was something that was going to be put out there being like, this photo is heavily edited. And I genuinely think they should do stuff like that just because I think of my nieces and what my nieces see. But yeah, when I saw Chloe, I was like, oh, fuck, that doesn't even look like her. It's starting to look more like Kendall. And my girl Jojo came out with a new EP. It is called Trying Not to Think About It. It is so good. You guys know that Jojo is someone who I think has been shafted so hard in her career. She signed a really bad contract when she was really young. And unfortunately, it fucked her over for a really long time because I think she could have had one of the biggest pop careers ever. Her voice is so insanely good, and she got so fucked. Like, she was so young when she put out Leave and, and Baby It's You and all those songs. I mean, The High Road by JoJo, that album is one of the best albums, one of the be- best pop albums of all time, and I will stand on that hill forever. This album is much more R&B, but it's still really good. Make sure you stream it. I love JoJo to death. I will always love JoJo. And whenever she comes out with new music, I'm going to be like, you should listen to it. She also, if you don't know Marvin's Room, the, the JoJo remix, go listen to that too. When I make mixtapes, that's always on my mix CDs. Oh, mixtapes. Oh my God. I really aged myself with that one. When I make mix CDs, Marvin's Room is always going to be on it. 10 out of 10. Best song. So good. So go listen to JoJo and her new album. Let's support our queen. Now it's time to give some unqualified advice. I love, I love, love, love this little section. Thank you guys for um, playing along with my unqualified advice. So someone said, I want to quit my job, but I'm terrified of change. Yeah, that's tough. I quit my job back in February or March. I think it was March or April, late March, early April. Well, either way, if it's a bad fit, do it. Okay, if you have money to like sustain yourself for four to six weeks after you quit a job, do it. I highly suggest quitting the job that is making you feel like shit. And again, as long as you have some money on the side where you can, you know, survive, I guess, without a job, that is the most important thing. Unfortunately, money, obviously, most important. 
it sucks. It sucks, right? Like you want to quit, but you're like, but I don't have any money. And it's like, well, fuck. But I will say quitting that job back in March was such a relief. The way I was feeling about my life, about myself, it was such a drag. And once I quit, it was amazing. I felt so much lighter. I felt so much better. And the good thing is that I still have relationships with coworkers that I had at that job, even though I left and maybe the most not, even though I left in maybe the least professional way possible, I still have some relationships with people who work there. And yeah, you won't lose those relationships, but I think if you want to quit your job, you should. And I'm someone who doesn't like change much. And it was one of the best decisions I could have made. Another person had kind of the same issue going on. They want to quit their job. It's not bad, but it's not what they want to do. If you know somewhere's not a good fit for you, if it's something where it's like, it's okay, it's just not my dream, I would suggest applying everywhere you possibly can until you get a job. Maybe don't quit until you have a job. Um, If it's just a job you don't love, but you're like okay with staying there, definitely start looking. And, And yeah, there's nothing wrong with just being like, this isn't a good fit for me. It can be a great um, experience. You know, you could have great coworkers, but there's still something in you where you're just kind of like, this isn't right. You know it's not right. You know it's not right. And you should listen to that and you should apply to different places. I say check Indeed, Glassdoor, and LinkedIn. Those are my top three. Also, I go- the way I got my job is I Googled remote jobs in the U.S. and just applied to a bunch of social media positions. So... You can also do that if you have, if you have, um, if you want to work from home. How can I avoid plans? I legit can't do them in this pandemic world. Yes, that's tough. I am someone who likes plans. So my advice for this is probably not like great because I like to be with people. I don't like being alone. And that's one thing like working from home and being home 24 seven has been hard for me. And I wonder if that's why I've spiraled on weekends lately, but I think you just have to tell friends. I think you just have to tell people like, hey, I'm still not super comfortable with going out right now. Maybe you can come here and we can watch a movie. So maybe that's how you do it. If you're like, hey, I don't feel comfortable going out, but if you want to come here, I want to do that. But this person sounds like they just don't want to do anything, which is also okay. I think if you just tell people like, hey, I'm just kind of going through it right now. I just need some time. But like, but I appreciate you inviting me. I think always saying like, I appreciate you inviting me. It's just, I'm not really ready to like go out just yet. I think people should be understanding of that, especially if it's their people that you're friends with. How to deal with new work anxiety. That's something I am going for, going through right now. I have been in really bad positions in the past in really toxic work environments. And I'm literally freaking out that I'm constantly going to be fired. But I think you just need to put it into your head Everyone has been new at some point. A month is still very new at a job. And try and work through it. And when you have new work anxiety, try and talk to your manager about it. Be like, is there anything I could be doing? Do you have any suggestions? Always be proactive about that kind of stuff. Toxic sister-in-law who causes drama then plays the victim. Unfortunately, I feel like there will always be people in your life who love to play the victim and never see that they're wrong. And that is probably one of the toughest things that I've learned growing up, (laughs) that you will always be the villain in someone's story. 
but I think all you can do when it comes to when it comes to a toxic sister-in-law, when it t- comes to family, friends, work, whatever it is, all you can do is control your reaction. You can't control those people's actions. You can only control your own reaction to things. And that is my advice. You know, she's causing drama. She's playing the victim. Okay, that's what she's going to do. You need to keep your reaction in check, right? Like, all you can do is focus on your reaction to her. My stepmom really has it out for me. I'm 27, and I thought we were past this stuff. Advice? I am extremely lucky that I have a really great stepmom and a great stepfather. Um, I, I was really bad to my stepmom for a long time, probably like 10 years before I was even like nice to her. But, but I don't know. I mean, I think if you tell her how you feel, it might be helpful. That's something that I've been a lot better with when it comes to my stepmom. When she makes me feel upset, I tell her. And she apologizes and she's like, I didn't realize I made you feel that way. So I'm sure that you've probably tried doing stuff like that. But that is definitely something I would recommend. People aren't mind readers. So if there is something that's really bothering you about her, and if you're not comfortable talking to her, maybe talk to your dad about it. I know that that's also hard. I have a really hard time talking to my dad. I love my dad to death. He's a great, great guy. But when it comes to emotions and things like that, it's really, really hard to um, to talk to him. But I think you should just say, like, this is really bothering me. And don't be like, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing blah, blah. Because people will get defensive and you don't want to, like, have someone that you're trying to be open with get, like, all defensive and rude. So maybe just be like, you know, the way I'm feeling about this situation is ABC. But I will say I am really lucky. My stepmom, I probably go to her more than my parents at this point. Introducing a new cat to a current cat. You're adopting one soon. Congratulations on the second cat. You guys know that I'm a big cat gal. All you can do is introduce them slowly. I think keeping one in the bathroom or bedroom and letting them like sniff their way under the doors. But I'm the worst. Honestly, when I got Gail, I tried to keep her in the bathroom. And then Jolene was like, um, this is my bathroom too. And luckily Gail's like very chill and didn't get mad at Ga- Jolene. Jolene tried to fight her, and Gail was just like, you're a kitten. I'm not, I'm not dealing with you. You're annoying. But I have been told that you're supposed to introduce them very slowly. There is a woman on YouTube and Instagram named The Kitten Lady, and she has a lot of really great tips about all of that. Motivate me to job hunt. All right, job hunt. Get out of that job that you're in that you don't like. Get out of that job that you're in that makes you feel like shit. It makes you not want to go to work every day, and it makes you feel like when you're there, you're not doing anything. Quit that job. Find a new job. Let's get you a new job for the end of the year. And honestly, people aren't really hiring a ton right now just because it is the the final quarter. But get your name out there. Update that resume. Let's get you a new fucking job, okay? A lot of you are asking me career (laughs) career advice. Um, Yeah, someone said how to determine a career choice, career advice. Just find something you're interested in. I think that that's really important. Find something where you won't get bored in six months. Um, careers, you know, unfortunately it seems like we live to work and, you know, capitalism, (laughs) I don't know, I'm not going to get into that, but I think that when it comes to, you know, a new career or something, be confident, lie on your resume (laughs) and go into it acting like you didn't lie on your resume. You want advice on tanning? I'm going to say stop tanning. I don't think tanning's good for you. I have never been a tanner. I'm very pale. I'm basically Casper. I don't go outside. 
But I don't think you should continue to tan. I think can't, tanning's bad for you. Spray tan, do some spray tanning or, or rub on tan, but stop tanning, that's my advice. Someone said, I'm in love with someone who treats me like crap. Yeah, we've all been there, I think. I think we've all loved people who didn't treat us correctly. And I think if you're acknowledging that this person isn't treating you well, then yeah, you know, you're in your first step. You're on your way to healing. And what was that? That sounded like a, like a motivational speech. <laughs> I don't know if the advice section of this podcast is motivational. But it sounds like you've already understood that this relationship isn't good for you. And I really think that the first step is understanding that this relationship isn't good for you. So you're halfway there. And if you're in love with someone who treats you like shit, just look at your own self-worth and realize you deserve better. You deserve someone to love you. I'm in a long-distance relationship in Canada, and he's in the U.S. He's truly 100%. Is it worth the wait? I'm stuck. I don't know. I mean, if you really, really like this person, then I think you can make it work. I'm someone who, as long as I have, like, um, communication with somebody, then I'm happy. Then I'm good. I don't really need physical touch as much as, like, other people do. But I think as long as this relationship seems to be going well... And if you're still communicating really well, it could be worth it. But if you're not happy with being far away, then don't do it. Don't put yourself through it and don't put any more work into it because it's you're going to put all this work, all this emotion into a relationship that's just going to not work out. <laughs> so if you think that this person is worth the wait, do it. Wait, wait, you know, as long as the communication's there, as long as you feel secure in it, as long as you feel good, that's the most important thing. But if you're already starting to question it, I don't know, maybe, maybe like, maybe take it a little slower. This person said, should I cut my own bangs? No, don't cut your own bangs. Don't do it. I might be bringing my bangs back though. I do miss my bangs. Um, but don't cut your own bangs. Go to the, go to the hair salon, go, go to your hairdresser, get, get your bangs cut. You know, people are like, oh, when people get bangs, they're obviously going through some. Bangs are cute. Bangs are fine. And all these people are just fucking haters when it comes to bangs. Um, this one is the last advice that I'm going to be giving. My neighbors are the worst. Pathological liars. Rude, loud. Had a barbecue last weekend and they came over uninvited and left their trash on my driveway. They've done lots more things, but I'm at my wit's end. What's the worst thing I could say to them? Ooh, the worst thing you could say to them. Um, I think... That if they're having a party and they're on your property, you can probably call the cops, but that's a big, that's a big, you know, then stuff happens. But maybe just walk out and be like, dude, get the fuck off my lawn. Like, this is where, what I, this is my home, not yours. I can't imagine having tough neighbors. I, like, if a, there was a neighbor around me that is the reason I wasn't sleeping or whatever the case may be, I would lose my fucking mind. So I give you credit for doing your best. Maybe other neighbors feel the same way as you. And, you know, if you have a common enemy, then you're already a friend. Maybe talk to the other neighbors in your neighborhood, see what they think of it. And if worse comes to worse, just do an anonymous phone call being, being like, there's a noise complaint and hopefully they don't realize it's you. But I think you're doing your best right now. I mean, I'd probably be out there being like, turn your fucking music down. <laughs> I'm a psycho. If someone messes like with my sleep or, or my routine, I get really upset. But I think you're already doing better than I would be doing. Um, and just file a noise complaint or, or something, you know, something like that. 
or if they left trash in your yard, maybe even I would pick up the trash and leave the trash bag in their yard. That's exactly what I would do, actually. That is with a note being like, your friends left this here. That's, <laughs> I don't know if that's the best advice I could give you, but that's what I would do. All right, my good people, that was a little rusty. I'm sorry if it was a little rusty. I'm happy to be back. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, for all your support, all the messages asking if like I was doing okay, if my mental health was at a good spot. I really do appreciate that more than you know. Um, I will be coming back next week with recaps. I promise you recaps will be back. I know some people are like, this should be a Hills podcast, whatever. I get it. I get it. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Don't worry. I know. But I'm excited to be back. Um, It was a little rusty. I'm not going to lie. There were some edits that I just kind of left in there. (laughs) I'm like, we'll let them have some bloopers this week. But I'm going to put this out here so I hold myself accountable. I am somebody who've talked about this on the podcast plenty. But I think over this past weekend, I realized that there are moments where I use alcohol as a crutch, where I I don't think I'm an addict. I do not think I'm an alcoholic. But I definitely think I abuse alcohol when I drink it. So I am putting it out here just so I am held accountable that I really am going to get a hold on how much I party, what I drink when I party, all of this stuff, just because it's time, you know, I think it's time to catch it before it gets too crazy, hold myself accountable, and I'm going to be taking a break from from alcohol for a while just because I don't know how to only have a drink or two, and that's something I'm learning I know that's a form, I know binge drinking is like a form of alcohol. I know, I know, I know. I've done my research. But I'm also going to start going back to Al-Anon. And I just want to tell the podcast fam just because I want to be held accountable for my actions. And yeah, I am, I'm excited to be back. I hope you guys are excited to, to listen again. And I've emailed a bunch of people. Hopefully we get some guests on the podcast, some new people that we haven't chatted to. And some maybe some old friends. Maybe I'll bring some old friends back too. But I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. I appreciate it more than you know. I also want to say thank you for supporting Beyond the Blinds. We do have some fun stuff on that end coming up. And I hope that eventually I can meet you at some live shows. Bye.